everybody, and welcome back to Peculiar Pairings. Oh. My name is Matt. And I'm Celine. And I'm experimenting with a little bit more enthusiasm at the, at the top of the show. <laughs> I usually do a little bit lighter kind of jump in, but uh, I'm so excited for today. I I'm can't excited. wait. This might be a shorter episode. It could be a longer episode. This is the first time that we're doing this. We're just, it's kind of impromptu. Uh, yeah. It, it's, it, yeah, we're, we're kind of updating on a thing that a lot of people probably already know and new stuff has happened. But uh, Celine, if you would like to do the honors, what are we talking about yes. today? We're talking about the Somerton man because yeah. he has been identified. Yeah! Ooh, I'm excited. Me this too. One is, this one really got me like the first time I watched it on BuzzFeed Unsolved. I was like, ooh. Yes. Yeah. Ooh. And that's kind of my first familiarity with it is watching the video from BuzzFeed. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think th this like I've I've always kind of been adjacent to the true crime genre, sort of mm -hmm. like my mom's watched a lot of 48 hours and like to catch a killer type show things. And I've never really gotten into it myself until the last like few years. I've gotten into certain podcasts and I've been watching a lot of videos and stuff. Buzzfeed Unsolved for one. And um, this is the first case that I remember hearing about that like I remembered, you know, like the, the podcast that I listened to, they would bring up, they would say like the name of a serial killer and I'd have to think about it a little bit or they'd have to provide some details or I'd even like yeah. look it up on the internet. Yeah. This is the first one where they're like, have you ever heard of the Summerton man? I'm like, boy, have I? Yes, How I exciting. have. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're dark tootin' I have from some yeah. random beach in Australia and all that. It's got everything. It kind of does. It's, I think for me, since I've watched a lot of um, 48 Hours and Dateline with, mm. actually, gr I've watched quite a bit with Grandma, actually. That was like my first <laughs> no taste into it at like 10 years old is watching Dateline with Grandma. Excellent. It was either Dateline or 48 Hours, but it was one of those things I'm like, huh. Uh, yeah. That, wow, that is a story, but... This one definitely is, it's eerie and I like it. Yeah, well, and it's, it's cool too because we have new information now, mm -hmm. but it's still kind of ongoing because re real quick, just sort of a, a disclaimer, as far as I know, at least at the time of this recording, it technically hasn't been like, quote unquote, officially declared. Yes. Um, I, I guess the, the authorities involved are still doing uh, their own investigation and are going to one way or another, come out with a statement to officially declare it. But yeah. the scientist who has been working on it, uh, Professor Abbott, I believe his name is. Yes, it is Abbott. Yeah, he's been investigating it for, I think, multiple decades at this point, since like 90-something. And yes. Yeah, he and his team have apparently sort of triangulated the genetic point where like the maternal side and the paternal side intersect. So like... Yeah. For it, yeah, for it to not be him is statistically virtually Very impossible. Unlikely. Yeah, Very like there's always some wiggle room. Unlikely. Yeah, there's always wiggle room in science, but it's it's about as close to a certainty as science ever gets. Yeah, it is. I get so excited when they have breakthroughs with genetic testing and all of that because, like, that's how they caught the Golden State Killer. That's mm -hmm. 
if you've watched Our Father on Netflix, that was like a whole crazy thing with genetic testing. And that's just that's real a whole quick, crazy case we need to get into at yes. some point. Just a, a quick aside about that. That's the one with the like the doctor who yes. was like had all of the like like artificial inseminated kids essentially. Yes. Okay. Yes. Illegally, I should say, in in air quotes, because there's actually nothing technically illegal about it. But very certainly unethical. Oh, extremely unethical. It is super unethical for you to go to your doctor for in vitro fertilization, thinking (laughs) that, like, this child is your spouse's or your child to then be like, oh, I want to do like 23 in me. And for them to then find out that their dad is not their dad. Yeah, yeah. And the, not to get too far into this, but this is one of those other cases that I, like, actually knew about before there was, like, a Netflix special or something. Mm-hmm. And it's just so weird because then, like, the kids go off on a thing. Like, they start discovering yeah. all of these siblings. And that would, like, it's weird from every possible angle. And, again, it's not technically illegal because like a sample was provided a child was born doctor's like yeah i did my job yeah that's okay it's uh we'll have to talk about that at some point but absolutely yeah back back on track i am just blown away with the strides of just dna testing and how that has brought so many answers to people although yeah. In this case, I think it kind of raises more questions than it does actually answer. Yeah. Because we still don't know, like, anything about this man. And, like, why were the tags cut out of his clothes? Like, why yes. does he have this weird code that nobody seems to be able to solve that was in the Rubyot? And just mm-hmm. all of those things that just don't make sense. It no, is. It's, it's it's simultaneously kind of bittersweet, but also exciting because yeah. it's a weird sort of morbid fascination that people have with true crime in the sense mm-hmm. that it's not about the people that got hurt. It's about like understanding the psyche of the people behind these weird yeah. acts and putting the puzzle to like it's about the puzzle. It is the and puzzle. This one Maybe that's is why one of I those. Like yeah. Well, yeah, and this one is like you just got the like main like edge piece that connects two parts that you've been trying to put together, but there's still like a whole like 70% of a puzzle left. So it's kind of bittersweet because it's like you've got this huge leap, but then there's still so much unanswered. Like when you find that one piece you've been looking for and you're like, ah, yes, Mm -hmm. that was satisfying. And then you're like, I still have so much of this left to do, but like that one piece, I've been looking for that this whole time. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Like you've been focusing on just one. Yeah, you've had this whole ocean sitting here, but this one little piece you can't find, you'll finally find it. And you're like, oh shit, I still have all the rest of the puzzle. Yeah, so. But at the same time, it is kind of nice just that like, it's it's also bittersweet when you get an answer to a certain thing because Mm -hmm. then there's, it feels like there's less, incentive to go back to it I so know. in a weird way this case is still really relevant and valid even though yeah. we just got a huge piece of the puzzle i know i love that the way they even got the dna in the like the first place 
technically mm. is um from like the original plaster mask that yeah. they made is that his hair got stuck mm-hmm. in it and the guy that made this mask had the foresight to be like this might be important later and saved yeah. it like it's like eh. it, it blows my mind that he's like mm, i'm sure we'll probably be able to use this like at some point down the road for something Right. And I like that it was just because if I remember correctly, it wasn't enough to do like a full DNA profile, but Mm -hmm. it was enough to spur them on and to like keep them going and be like, look, if we just had more DNA, we could match it to somebody. There's enough here to like keep the spark alive, but we can go back and and well, and I listened to a thing, too, where they um, because of how unknown he was, they're like, we're definitely going to come back to this at some point. And I guess they they buried him specifically in a way that it would be easy to exhume because they're like, we're definitely coming Mm -hmm. back to this. And it's just it's one of those rare cases where people were actually thinking ahead, which they actually did exhume him in 2019 for Mm -hmm. DNA testing. Yeah. And they're like, if we can just get some of those teeth. Yeah, they're like, we just need. Well, they couldn't find anything with the dental record. So, I mean, that like wasn't really. Yeah, Yeah, that was weird, too. Yeah, I'm like, oh, that's like you said, it does raise more questions because they now have essentially a definitive, irrefutable answer to who he is. So then it makes you wonder, like the rest of his family have records. They have death certificates. They can essentially track their Mm -hmm. entire lives. They're like, how did he just disappear? And they couldn't match his dental record. Did he never go to the dentist? They're like, what's going on? It is a it is a conundrum. I'm still on the theory that he was some sort of spy <laughs> and that there was a thing with um, Joe. I, I can never remember her last name because they. Thompson? Yes, Thompson. Because they, well, they yeah. changed her name throughout like different records yeah. because she mm-hmm. asked for the police to have privacy. So they gave her like all these different aliases and it changed quite often. Right, right. But just. <laughs> Kind of like her involvement makes me question just because there is this kind of like weird relationship that seems to be there with her like going to see and be like, oh, like, I don't really know if like I can identify this person, but like, I guess I'll give it a shot. And then just like turning completely white in seeing like the plaster cast and being like, mm-hmm. oh, oh, fuck, kind of, like, I've seen a ghost kind of way. And they're like, right. that's odd. And she's like, I don't know this man, sir. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know. And the couple uh, things that I was listening to uh, just today, both of the descriptions that they, they as they describe her reaction, um, it's understandable that like, well, even, even if you're prepared to see a body, I can imagine the plaster mm-hmm. cast being kind of extra disturbing. And so she might've looked weird, but they always bring back to the point that like, she's a military nurse. Yeah. Like, she's, she's seen some she shit. Sees the, she's seen some shit. Like, <laughs> right. Yeah. And so when they always bring that back up, I'm like, oh, yeah. would, like, deter her in a way, but I mean. Mm-hmm. I feel like there are still times that even as a medical professional, like something happens and you're like, I was not ready for that. 
Oh my God. And it's possible. Yeah. Maybe that did just strike her at that moment as a particularly odd experience, but it, it is interesting to think that like out of all the things she most likely saw the plaster cast, which would presumably be clean and, you know, fairly Mm -hmm. free of blemishes or, you know, like considering like a regular corpse of a a plaster cast would probably be pretty easy to, to look at. But anyways, it was uh, certainly an interesting point. I I am personally more on the side that it was about a relationship that they were trying to keep secret. Um, especially yeah. just with the lineage and it could technically be both, but I, I feel like the, the births and the, like her being married and like when she had this kid mm-hmm. line up well enough. And I think that the idea that he ended up just being depressed and, you know, offed himself is, is a pretty good story or a pretty likely story anyway. See, I like the idea of the spy love affair. Mm-hmm. story and that they were both spies that is the and best they were way. not supposed to have this relationship so in doing so they're like oh we got to keep this quiet and then something happened where he essentially had to off himself like before someone else got to him type of thing right because there was the whole thing with like the internal bleeding but they're like but there's nothing that constant that is the so... weirdest part and it, I'm it, like, well, it's very possible that there is some kind of poison he took that at the time, like they couldn't detect. Right, right. And the it's technology just wasn't there. That is kind of the weirdest piece of the puzzle, just in the sense mm-hmm. that his like from an internal standpoint, he has all of the clear signs of poisoning. Yeah. Tox screen comes back completely clear. There's no like external physical uh, symptoms around him on the beach that would indicate yeah. he had poison. And they're like, so how the hell were all of his organs like shutting down? He has nothing in his system. There's nothing around him. But he looks everywhere. like he... Don't yeah. know what to do. Yeah, like this, and he, he kind of looks like he just took a break, kind of, and just sort of yeah. passed out. The most confused... thought he was sleeping. That's the... Like, yeah, the a sleeping man on the beach in like a suit. Yeah, the creepiest part of it to me is the stories that people tell of, I think it was a couple walking the beach. They like walked one way and um, he like didn't really notice them and they thought he was asleep. And then he comes back or something like that. And he like lifts his arm. And so there's presumably evidence that he was alive, but mm-hmm. maybe at that time, like, cause they, they even said that it, it was sort of a weird situation. Like they weren't sure what he was trying to convey. If you see someone on yeah. the beach, it's usually pretty obvious if they're waving at you, they're saying, hello, isn't the weather nice, you know, and he just sort of lifts his hand. It really lends to the idea that this is a person who was in distress and was trying to reach out, but what he ended up doing just looked like a kind gesture on the beach. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, maybe he was just suffering some weird freak medical thing. And that's definitely possible. Yeah, and he just kind of stumbled down to the beach somehow for whatever reason, and he just died. <laughs> yeah. Like, Maybe he wanted to see, like, a beach sunrise, but then, like, didn't make yeah. it that far. I don't I don't know. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's weird, too, that, like, he had that luggage with him that was mm-hmm. in the, the locker at the, the railway at station. At the railway station, yeah. 
and he didn't try to bring it with him. But it also seems weird that, like, depending on how far he was traveling, it wasn't at a hotel nearby. Yeah. And so it's it's also damn weird. I mean, the, I I have also left my luggage at a train station, but that was because I couldn't check into a hotel until later. And I wanted to go do stuff during the day. So. Yeah, well, and maybe it's as I simple mean, as that, like. Uh, yeah, he was just waiting for the next train and he just had time to kill, walked down to yeah. the beach, suffered some kind of thing. Or, I mean, it. I do, the, th the thing that points me most towards uh, espionage, I do love that he, all of his labels on his clothes were removed. I like and, the secret pocket in the coat that mm -hmm. they didn't find for like eight months. It was like five or eight months, something like that. Like something kind yeah. of ridiculous. And, the, and then and they're I, like, there's a code in here. And I'm like, oh, yes. That is especially weird. The I keep going back and forth on that um, because I was really gripped by that initially. But I realized I was listening to a lot of um, if you listen to American coverage, they all refer to it as a secret pocket. Everything that I've listened to just about that is Australian based, like an actual news program, their version of the Today Show, whatever. They all call it a a watch pocket, like it's like it's for a watch oh, fob, like a little, so, little pocket watch. Exactly, right? yeah. So I don't know if maybe it was just the way that like their vernacular ended up being different from ours in terms of mm -hmm. of just talking about that, or if there's a trend in Australia specifically where they have that certain pocket in a different way that it would confuse American audiences but not Australians. Ooh, I could see that, but. At the same uh, time, if it was that common for it to be a watch pocket, why no watch? Why was there a secret little code in there? I know. That's, I think the code is the thing that gets me because it just doesn't seem to make sense. Mm -hmm. And it's weird because no one seems to be able to break it. And it kind of makes yeah. me think of like the Zodiac and yes. like that code and the fact that nobody seems to know what the code is and people have like tried to break it and it's just not happening at this point in time. Mm -hmm. Well, and a lot of people have been saying too, that um, they've been speculating that it might be related to horse racing because they sometimes, at least back then, I suppose mm -hmm. would use certain codes, but at I the see. same time, that would make if, sense. Which my only problem with that is if it were really that common, it wouldn't be such a mystery. You know what I mean? Like, like, yeah. because enough, they would have enough, figured it out so much sooner. Yeah. And even if it was like a personal code, I feel like enough people who are familiar with the horse racing traditions of that practice or whatever mm -hmm. would be able to look at it and be like, oh yeah, this is a guy who's, it's a code for betting on horses. They trade them or yeah. whatever. I don't know. But yeah, it seems like they would be more definitively able to say that's what this is, or at least it's definitely what it looks like versus we have no fucking idea what it is. It might be this yeah. we're guessing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it just, it kind of made me think in my own thought process and just kind of derailing the situation was I'm like, man, like if we had this kind of code system, this would have helped us so much in world war two. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, was I think listening. of like how we used Navajo because they kept breaking all of our codes and like cracking all mm -hmm. of them. I'm like, 
well, damn, if we just had a code like this, this could have helped us so much. I'm like, I mean, we did have good codes at some point. Yeah. Like, but, like, we could have hired this guy. I think I was listening to the um, one of the last episodes they did for, uh, for BuzzFeed Unsolved with Ryan and Shane uh, was to revisit the, the Summerton mm-hmm. Man because apparently that was the very first. I watched first... that one, too. Yeah, it yeah. It was the and first I... one and Shane wasn't in it. Yeah, yeah, that was real weird too. Cause I, I think I think I actually did start with that one when I first started watching it. Mm-hmm. And then he has like two or three just sort of guest hosts for the first like three episodes. And then it's Shane the comes same in. Person. Is it the same person. I God, I cannot remember his name, but he is part I of think the it's Brent? Brent. Yes, it's Brent. Yeah. He's in like the first four episodes, I think. And okay. he Ended up not doing it just because he was committed to like other stuff. Yeah. But I do love that in that episode specifically, they're like, yes, when Brent died and he's like standing in the background <laughs> of the video and like the shadow. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Well, and I, I know I had, little side, side I point. know I had watched that before. And when they started talking about that, I'm like, I was, I was at work. So I'm like listening to it as I'm mm-hmm. like delivering and stuff. And uh, I'm like, so I, I don't see any of the video that's happening. And I'm like, are they, is he actually dead? I'm like, they're talking about him real loosely. Like he's no, not he's, dead. He's Maybe. not dead. And he's just standing in the, <laughs> standing in the background. Okay. That's brilliant. Yeah. Oh, but it's, phenomenal. it's definitely interesting because then you get to hear Shane's take on it and he wasn't mm-hmm. in it the first time, which is really cool. Yeah. Well, and Shane even says like, um, so Ryan is going down like the, the trail of uh, it being espionage and everything. And he's like, oh, yeah. And they found this phone number in the back of the book. And Shane's and like, well, hold on. Go. Yeah. And he's like, hold on. Like Shane's Shane's like, I don't think this is a murder at all. It doesn't make any sense because if it was a murder, if it's not a very good murder, because like, why would you why would you leave? You're the worst murderer in history. Like if you're a hitman, you're the worst hitman in the world. If you just leave your phone number there. And then yeah. I was surprised because Ryan comes back immediately like, or it's the greatest ever. Because like, even with leaving clues, still don't know what the hell happened. And That's then she's like, um, yeah, yeah. It was like, yeah, I mean, with all the stuff that was there, left the body in broad daylight, you know, uh, left the luggage in the thing, left a bunch of weird little pieces of paper and clues and stuff. And we yeah. still have no idea if it is a murder. <sighs> it's apparently the greatest murder ever. Yeah, that's I think that's the thing that gets me about it is that because there's so much unknown, there's absolutely no way to know what happened unless like if there was someone involved, they actually step forward and they're like, here's what I did. Let me tell you, (laughs) which at this point, you've gotten away with it for so long. Like, why would you do that? It has to be like a deathbed confession. Yeah, it would be the greatest Netflix special of all time. They'd just be like, I got a deal. I'm going to do like a sort of thing like the Jinx on HBO, except I'm just going to do a tell-all straight-up interview thing. I don't care. I'm 97. I'm dying of cancer. Who gives a shit? That would be cool, though. It would be. I just, I can't get over that they use DNA testing. I love it so much. I do like that it, it... continues to open the door for more of that. And Mm -hmm. like the more cases that they shed light with using that type of technology, the more likely it is to become more prevalent and more used. I mean, as long as they have samples and everything, I suppose you can't necessarily apply it to every case. 
No, but this is also why I there I personally stand by the fact that like doing ancestry or 23 and me is so amazing just like in this alone. Mm-hmm. And that maybe maybe you're not going to be the person that goes and like catches a killer using your DNA. It's I mean getting to know like more about you yourself is is pretty cool. But I do like that that just kind of contributes to that world and that it has allowed for these strides to be made because it's kind of giving that industry that little push that it needs to thrive. Definitely. Well, because I'm for whatever reason, I'm one of those people where I don't really care about my ancestry in terms of my specific genetics. You know, I I like listening to the stories of of past generations and stuff, but mm-hmm. for whatever reason, I, I I don't really care about what the specific percentage of like bloodline I have, but I, but the, like listening to true crime and stuff, the number of times that they've gone to these sorts of databases and they're like, mm-hmm. our technology only gets better. The more people that use it, that is yeah. the main thing that has made me want to do it just because it's like, Hey, if I can somehow help create a link to someone that helps catch a serial killer or just solve a weird mystery from the past. I'm like, that is kind of Im- impressive. It, it is incentivizing yeah. us to actually join together and do, cause it takes everybody. Like you have to get quite a large number of samples for this to work. Yes. And I believe there is a database. I have to figure out what it's called exactly, but there is one where you can put your information from either 23andMe or Ancestry and bring it all into like this one central system Mm. Mm -hmm. so that no matter which one you use, since like, I don't think there's really one that's better over the other. It kind of just compiles all that information into one place, which if you're doing any genealogy stuff is really great, but then it's like a little bit easily, a bit more easily accessible, like for when they do go to it for solving crimes. Right. Well, and especially since then, if you have willingly put your information out there, because I know I, I don't remember exactly when, but I remember there being something in the news about like government agencies not having access to those and mm-hmm. they can technically get it, but there's a long process to go through. Yes. So if there's just a public, like open voluntary kind of offering up of genetic information that that would easily make their jobs easier too, because they could just have this thing that's available at the ready. So what they have is, and I know this from doing it myself for, cause I did 23 and me since my dad did it. So I did it on there mm. and I know um, quite a bit of our um, grandma's side has done 23 and me. So I've, We've gotten to see some of that, which is really cool. And I know Jennifer has done it, our Aunt Jennifer. Um, you do sign like all of this stuff saying like, hey, like use you can use like my info for X, Y, and Z. Mm. And you can also say, no, I don't want you like sharing my information. So it does kind of give you the choice. So then if they do decide, hey, we want to contact this person, but they've decided not to share their info. They then have to like contact you if they want to use it for that. Whereas I'm like, I don't care. Mm -hmm. Take it. Take take (laughs) the information I have and go solve crimes. I'm like, it won't do anything, but still like take it because I kind of don't care in that it's 
I mean, I only did the ancestry portion of it. I didn't sign up for any of like the other genetic testing that you can do just because I'm like, I don't want to do that right now. Well, and in an age when we, our personal information and identity is like digital currency for everything that we use from email yeah. to directions and stuff. It's like, ah, fuck it. What's one more? They, they can have, what are they going to do? Clone me? Screw it. They can have my genetic they information. They cannot do that. Care. You actually sign a thing oh, that yeah. says that they will not use it for that. So well, good. You don't you're have legally, to worry about it being cloned. Yeah, you're protected. It is kind of weird because like, at this day and age, I would be more afraid of them like having my I'd be more afraid of them having my phone number than my genetic info. What what are they going to do with that? I don't you know, the, the, my social security number. No, I hate being called on the phone by random people. Right? Yeah, because I was going to go for like identity theft first. And I'm like, honestly, even just getting a bunch of robocalls, I'd rather not have robocalls and have someone attempting to illegally clone me than all the other shit like. Oh, there's a evil version of me that's running around doing stuff. Eh, what's he's probably not super yeah. genetically stable. Our cloning that's isn't right. that good at this point. Screw it. It's not. And but no, it does say that um, it is only for specific information. And if so, like if you only do the ancestry portion of it, they cannot use it for other things. Like they cannot use it for testing for alzheimer's or seeing like any of that stuff they can oh yeah genetic issue right ancestry lineage but do they offer that service as well like you can oh they wow. do. You it, can get it doesn't tell you like specifics but it can tell you whether you are more likely to contract certain things mm, okay but I will say the one thing it will tell you, and this is more important for women, is the, I want to say it's the BRCA's gene, which is for breast cancer. Oh, shit. Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah, and it's um, it's a more aggressive form of breast cancer, if I am remembering that correctly. So for some women, knowing whether or not they have that or they are predisposed to it, some people do think that is important, but I'm gonna have to check this out more because that that is a pretty cool service. Yeah, you like, do hey, have you can... to sign up for that and say yes, I want to use it for this. Which is that's all part of HIPAA laws is that you have to give ongoing consent for stuff. So mm-hmm. at the same time, you can turn around and say no, I don't want to. Like I only want to use it for X, Y, and Z. I don't want to do any of this, mm-hmm. and they have to comply by that. That makes sense. And it seems like that's not their main bag anyway. So they're like, yeah, we don't no. care. You can, they're like, we have the info. So if you want it, you can have it. But yeah, you have they, the right to have it not disclosed. Yeah, you have the right to not want that info at the same time, which I think that's kind of the great thing about DNA testing is that you can do it, but you can also choose not to. And you can choose how far it goes. Yeah. Well, and especially since the more people I know who have done it, I feel less incentivized personally to, like, get the ancestry thing. Because Zach and Jenny did it. And it's like, mm-hmm. well, if if my genetic brother has already done it, it's probably, like, almost 100% the same for me. But I do like the idea that... It will be similar. Uh, online. But not well, exact. All right. I'm not a geneticist. I know they're not it's... the same, but... It's about as close as one can get. Yeah, it's the 
possibilities of it varying is pretty low. You'll generally have very similar right. genetics. Well, and yeah, and in terms of like like screening stuff, Alzheimer's and whatnot, I, you know, I would definitely want to get my own, but... Yeah. You know, we all want to help the true crime community by putting our genetic profile out there. Exactly. And I don't know what that says about me, but that is, yeah, that is my biggest motivation. Like, even if I'm just a tiny little cog in the overall machine, I'd like to know that I'm one little piece of the puzzle that someone used to catch a serial killer. Or maybe they'll use it to pin it on me. I hope not, but I I hope not. I I mean, yeah, you're providing stuff. It's really cool information that we have. And I think it's absolutely fascinating to use it to then either identify people that are unknown, like the Summerton man, mm-hmm. or just being able to catch a serial killer like the Golden State Killer. Cause they, I wanna say for that, they use like his maternal side and found someone that was like a second cousin. Mm hmm. And we're able to then like trace it down through birth records and death records, which yeah, is all public information. You can yeah, find those online. It's it's kind of amazing how just having that genetic info can lead them down such a track. Because like as long as they have enough, they can essentially pinpoint who it is. Like I mean, that's mm-hmm. how they know who the Summerton man is, is because. Yeah. They just follow the trail of of genetics and it leads right to one person. And I love too yeah. how they were looking through the records and they're like, we, you know, we had like originally like 4,000 people on this list yeah. that would be within the realm. We start narrowing it down, narrowing it down. We finally get it down to one lineage with these like five siblings. And out yeah. of five of them, four had like specific death uh, certificates and like full on death records. And one was mm-hmm. just missing. And we're like, gee, I wonder if it's that guy. I wonder. Yeah. The yes. only one of them that doesn't have any record of actually dying. And he was born in like 1905. Yeah. I do love the sketch that they have of him and what like they believe he looked like as like an alive yeah. person. <laughs> Which, A regular guy. It's funny to look at because when you see the like profile photo mm-hmm. of him which i think he's like laying on a table in like the coroner's office or something yeah that is where you see the likeness because all the other photos it's like that weird chin angle <laughs> you're like i can't really get a good like look at his face because you're taking it as if it's like from his belly button up. yeah yeah he's got kind of a weird chin thing going on well and it's there's something with his eyes because he doesn't he, just yeah. in those photos. He doesn't look dead. He kind of looks like he's just smelled a really his bad eyes fart or something. Fully, it does. <laughs> his eyes aren't fully closed. Yeah. And he kind of just looks like he's like, oh, it was terrible. And it, and then even from the profile, he kind of looks like he's just recoiling from something. But the yeah, like they've done these like artist rend- renderings of what he would look like. And I'm like, somehow that's even creepier, <laughs> like seeing him as a what appears to be a regular healthy human is somehow like, cause I just have this image in my mind of those photos and then them taking it to a new level of, he's like got this smiling face and he's all happy and good lighting. And I'm like, I don't know why, but it freaks me out a little bit. This might just be me, but it kind of looks like someone who would like work at a bank. I was thinking door to door salesman, like, hi, can I sell oh, you these yeah. uh, encyclopedias? 
Yeah, like something, I'd say something either like I work at a bank or I work in sales. Yeah, yeah, definitely some kind of people-based thing. Yeah, not not like a financial guru, like a bank teller that's having that face-to-face interaction. Oh, oh yeah, he's he's not doing. Yeah, he's not he's, he's not he doing not the financial stuff. Money. Yeah, he's that guy that you that's, see when you walk in and he's like, "Hello, do you got a loan you need to to talk about? Yeah, or what's going on? He, what are you doing he with your like checking that account?" Kind of person with that like artist rendering of his face. It's like something that's it's like. This is someone you would just see on like a day-to-day thing just in your community be the community and be like, oh yeah, that's that's Joe. I take it back, realtor. He looks like a face oh. you would see on the side of a bus or a bench. And he's like, come to yeah, hey, exactly. buy your house. <laughs> hey. Yeah. Realtors I, aren't I all assholes. But either way, I am just so excited that we yeah. like finally know. Which and did you um did pull up you, the article real quick? Yeah, did you look into the whole weird sort of side story of the ballet involvement? Yes, I did. That was because that weird... part I kind of like can't get over the fact that they're like Joe had a son who was in the ballet and they had this weird like genetic ear thing. So I remember his name was Robin from watching the BuzzFeed video. Oh, you're right. Yep, yep, yeah. And they were talking about how he had this genetic thing on his ear, which is Mm -hmm. like, um, it's like the difference of like whether you have attached or unattached earlobes. That's a genetic thing. Like my earlobes. I think mine are unattached. Are unattached. Or like mostly. Yeah, yours are. They kind of, they're kind of, (laughs) I'm kind of a weird hybrid. Tell it's not us. a great so image. Or unattached because there's like the little yeah. loop there. But it's like he has something on his ear that's like a genetic thing that's a more rare trait, but I want to say it's kind of the same as um as if like you have red hair. Right. Or like the cleft chin. It's yeah. like it's it's not anything like evolutionary, it's just sort of a weird genetic mutation mm. that's just between it's people a genetic trait that i want to say they're saying it's rare but like also could be dominant and like that sounds like red hair and <laughs> that like it's a dominant trait but it's also like recessive at the same time and it like yeah, skips cause, a generation because right it just does i like too how they were talking about the the ears were weird but it's not super uncommon you can walk down the street and see a bunch of people and like examine their ears there'll be you know differences but then i like how they're like but the teeth the missing incisors that's that's, that's a pretty weird rare thing. that's a pretty yeah. weird thing is the uh, the teeth yeah and they're like and even that it's not so uncommon that you could pinpoint someone's identity just from that but they're like both of them both of them at the same time, they're like, that's when we thought we had some. Because they're like, it's pretty, pretty incalculably low odds that he would just yeah. by random chance have the same genetic differences, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. I remember being like, oh, that's odd. Yeah. And it also seemed weird. I'm like, well, leave him alone, man. We, some of us grew up with like big ears and stuff. Why are you talking about his ears so much? Yeah. And then they're like, yeah, but that was the key. That is teeth. And you're like, Mm -hmm. like, God, they're just let a dead guy rest, please. Good God. He just wants to, why are you talking about his teeth so much? 
And they're like, no, this is going to lead us to his identity. And I'm like, oh, okay, go on. That sounds interesting. Tell me more. But yeah, they started talking about his calves. And I'm like, God, they just won't leave this poor guy alone. So he's got freakishly large calves. And they're A like, lot well, of dancers have very large, more prominent yeah. calves because that's a muscle the, you use a lot yeah. which and i can Going say this from and... from knowing like quite a few dancers is that they've got these really muscular legs and they've got really yeah. nice calves because yeah. they're just well, it's a muscle if, they use a lot exactly well if yeah. you've ever gone to a gym if you've ever gone to a gym and like the only real way to work out your calf muscles is like you basically stand on a wooden board and you you hold like what is essentially a ballet bar and you just go from like it's like two or three inches. You put your toes. Exactly. Yeah. You go That's up important. and down. And after 10, your calves are just burning like you want to die. It's so strenuous. And I mean, ballet yeah. dancers, they do that all the time. It's, it's just the releves from going from like flat footed. Right, right. Up onto your tippy toes. Mm-hmm. The balls of your feet, as we call it, and just doing that over and over, and that's yeah. actually as like a just a side note for our listeners, since I do know a lot about this. For our ballet aficionados, I am. This is ballet corner. Uh, <laughs> ballet corner with Celine. Ah. <laughs> um, <laughs> you do releves, and you do that to strengthen not only your calves but also your ankles for like when you do point shoe work. You have to do different types of releves where it's like mm-hmm. you do it in first, second, sixth, and then you're doing it all on like one foot and then switching to the other foot because oh. you need the strength in right. those smaller muscles in your calves and your ankles. Yeah. And if there's anyone out there who ever has any like big burly like football guys who are like, ah, oh, ballets for sissies. It's like, yeah, you go in and try to do those like prep exercises for five minutes and see how sissy like you think it is. Your, your legs burns, are going to be dying. It, oh my God. It burns. You do like work up to it and it. Oh, for sure. I'm to work up to it, yeah. but it, it burns. And there is a reason why, like after a point, like just getting blood in your shoes is like not a big deal anymore. <laughs> <laughs> It is kind of weird to think, but it's just, well, there again, it's like, yeah, no, ballet isn't for weak people. You, you it is endurance not. and just pure strength. And ugh. there again, anyone who hasn't done anything like that, really just, you don't even have to go to the gym, go get a block of wood and just stand by a wall and do 10 of those. Lift yourself off with just your, your calf muscles. You'll be dying. They're, they're terrible. And these, and they do it all yeah. the time. It's insane. But that's why he's got those calves. But and yeah. I loved how that was like trickled down even into to, like the genetics thing. I know. Yeah, like, and like yeah, his son um, was involved with ballet and had wicked calves. And then like, his professor um, he Abbott sounds like just a regular ballet dancer. They all have <laughs> wicked calves. <laughs> and he's from Boston, so yeah, all like yeah, we got wicked calves. But then like even yeah. Pro- Professor Abbott goes to meet the granddaughter. And she just happened and she was even adopted. Like her parents gave her up and she's mm-hmm. still doing ballet. It's like a, a genetic thing. And he's like, well, it's coincidental. You're, you're in a ballet. He had wicked calves. You have wicked Dick. calves. You both did ballet. 
Yeah. <laughs> and in the deepest parts of Australia, they're still talking like Bostonians. They're like, whoa, <laughs> dude, girl, you got wicked kids. And she's like, I know, Instead right? Instead of like actual Australians, they're <laughs> yeah. talking like they're from Boston. Well, would you look at that there? Those are some wicked calves. Calves? How do they, oh, fuck, how does that? Yeah, I got those like wicked calves. Like. <laughs> That's more Valley Girl. Like, oh my God, <laughs> Becky. I know, my Australian accent needs work, but you know, it's getting there. Well, we're all going to go down to the beach and find a dead body. Yeah. Oh dear. Oh no. Everybody want to go? Hey, yeah. we're done with our plies for the day. Huh? <laughs> I will say, I do love that Abbott as like part of this investigation went and was like, I'm going to meet the granddaughter. I'm going to like find all, all this information. And then they fell in love. It's like so wholesome in a way that crime is just bringing people together as it does. I love that crime be just brings people together. Maybe not so much in a romantic way, but I well, did love that, that in that story. I was like, oh. Yeah, not it's it's kind of rare that you get a story like that. Yeah. That, well, and that also isn't somehow ruined inevitably by some kind of infidelity or That's abuse true. or something. It's like, no, he's just, he's investigating a crime. He finds the granddaughter of the person he's investigating and they fall in love. I did love though. I don't know. Um, there was one thing I was going to quote as like a source. I listened to uh, Australia's version of, I think it's Dateline, um, but they did a whole thing. Um, if you go on YouTube and search for, Somerton Man Cold Case Body on the Beach. It's by ABC News in depth. And it was their Australian leg. And it was from like, I think it was from a year ago. And it's Dr. Abbott and his wife. And they're talking about their whole lives together. It's really good. I highly recommend it. It's about a half hour long. I'll have to watch that later. Yeah, my favorite part was they go into their relationship. Not Mm -hmm. a whole lot, but they, you know, they start talking about how they met and they started going out and stuff and it was something I don't want to misquote it. So please look it up or go watch it. I think it was within like a week that they were proposing. Like they just. And apparently it created quite a rift with her family because they were all like, he's just stealing you away and this is going to be terrible. Like you shouldn't. And so it seems like she's kind of estranged from her family. Unfortunately, she's like, no, we, it just felt right. And now they have like three kids together that, you know, they've been married for 10 years or something. Oh, yeah, it's yeah, it's going great, apparently. And and he's such a soft spoken guy that they're like, he doesn't. Well, although they always say it's the quiet ones you got to worry about. Mm. But I don't um, think so in this case, like just given the well, fact that they've done all this research and. Right. I will say in reading that article from CNN with the news that mm-hmm. I did love that she had her story in it and that for her it's kind of this self-discovery of like who she is with like this yeah. DNA testing and with just kind of like some of the people they've gone through just having some of those moments of relief of like okay like I know what the truth is which as she was describing she's like it's not so much relief of like Oh, thank God. Like, it's not this person I'm related to. Like, who dodged a bullet on that one? (laughs) It's more that, like, she's a step closer to the truth. And she's like, okay, like, I know that, like, 
this is the truth. And I know that this person is not the person I'm related to. I know it is someone else. And that finally going down to Charles Webb being like, okay, like this is the answer I've been looking for, which I will say is interesting because I am pretty sure that is one of the people that has been speculated to be the Somerton man is Charles Webb. But they didn't really yeah. know until now. Right. And to be fair, I think that was mostly spearheaded by Professor Abbott. Again, like he's just been working on this for so long, but they couldn't prove it until now. And I imagine it's very satisfying to just be like, this is who I thought it was. And now I can fucking prove it. And not yes. just one way. I like how he talks too about how they went down the entire paternal lineage and mm-hmm. they went through the trouble to like map the entire maternal lineage too. And they're like, yeah, we're we did sure. both sides, yeah. not just yeah. the one. And it, yeah, it, it came down to him perfectly. Like it has to be him. Mm-hmm. But yeah, oh. even for her, like you were saying, oh, it's cool. not even necessarily about specifically being related to any particular person, just that mm-hmm. now she knows. And as humans, that's a, a just a weird form of closure of just like, I have the info. I can just, I just know it now. And the, you know, it's just, it's just so sweet. The whole ballet thing where it's like, she was so far removed from her whole family and she was still in ballet. And and then she meets her paternal, or not her paternal, her, she meets her mom later on. And her mom is involved in, in stage shows and ballet. And it's, it's a pretty good story. Yeah. Dance really does bring us together. It does. It That's sets the soul dance free. Dance and true crime. Yeah. But anyways, I, I've kind of forgot. I sort of rolled over it, but that's why we're celebrating. We we sort of threw this yeah. episode together at the last second. I'm enjoying some champagne and some chocolate cake uh, in honor of, of someone reclaiming their identity. I don't really have a scoring for it. We're, we just kind of threw it together. It's yeah, I'm not really a champagne person, but it's what it is. Chocolate cake's not... hard to go wrong with. That's true. I did not have time to get champagne or cake, so I just kind of threw together stuff I had for one of our upcoming drinks, since I have been meaning to try it before we record, like I usually do. Mm. But I do know what champagne tastes like, and I do know what cake tastes like. So <laughs> I'm, I'd am i go off of that if we were scoring and probably give it a solid eight, because I do like both. But I well, feel if- like... Sometimes the two together can be like a little much, yeah. but I do enjoy it. So that's, that's my but opinion. I'm going to, I'm going to give the champagne a four. I, I just don't think I'm a carbonated wine person. It's, it's, it's barefoot bubbly and it's a brute rosé. I personally like ah. rosés. I like a mus- Moscato. Mm-hmm. I'm like, uh, I think the only, Champagnes or sparkling wines I've had before were some kind of lighter white something. I, I just don't I think like I like the champagne. champagne a little yeah. bit more than like the brute or like the dry. Unless I'm mixing yeah. the dry with something sweet, which I do have a drink for us at some point that I will Ooh, share with okay. you later. That nice. It is involved with champagne, but it does have a lot of sweet to it. So the dry is like better. So it's Ooh. not too sweet. Sort of like a mimosa or something. Yeah, it is like a, a mimosa. Of, or a sangria. Um, I went with uh, sort of honoring our, our grandparent heritage. I went with German chocolate cake. 
and oh, I'm a I lover of love coconuts. Cake. Yeah, and it's drizzled with chocolate. It's it's pretty good. It's working out, and it's just store bought. But I probably would have gone with with that or like a. I'm a huge fan of Red Velvet, which Ooh, I know wow. our family has an affinity with like a specific Red Velvet from like a certain person <laughs> that only bakes it for our family because she doesn't mm-hmm. make it anymore. Apparently, yeah. Which is like, I do really enjoy that cake, but I I just like Red Velvet just because it is that cream trees frosting. Yeah. So it's oh, yeah. a little, it's not like as Sweet, it's got a little bit of a tartness to it, which is why I like it. I agree. Um, yeah. If I had chosen cake, it would have either been that or German chocolate, because I do like both. Yeah, well, and I'm I'm not much of a sweets guy. Um, but uh I do love coconut. And for whatever reason I forgot so that that's part good. of German chocolate cake. Oh my god, it's so good. It's it's working out pretty well. I got too big of one, it's like a quarter of an entire cake. Ooh, but uh, I can just like, save it and put it in the fridge. Exactly. Just save yeah. the rest for later. And now you have breakfast tomorrow. <laughs> breakfast That's probably cake. not the best breakfast. I had dinner. No. I had breakfast for dinner a couple days ago, and now I'll have dessert for breakfast tomorrow. There you go. That's like, um, I don't know if you do this, but we do this where you get cake on your birthday for breakfast. That is like how you start the day. And I did at one point... <laughs> In my life, I had a big, like, cupcake that was, like, the size of, like, a Costco muffin cupcake. I didn't have time to eat it in the morning, so I just took the whole thing on the bus to school. Oh, my God. (laughs) I was like, why do you have that? And I'm like, this is my breakfast. It's my birthday. (laughs) Shut up. It's my birthday. Shut your mouth. Oh, that makes sense. I'm like, it does. It does. Just let me have this. So I mean, it could be your unbirthday tomorrow. Yeah, I'm gonna make up for all the birthdays I didn't eat cake for breakfast. That's and now you have a new tradition. You're Yay. welcome. Thank you. And now, now, and we can all celebrate it together. Yes, we can celebrate just the discovery and involvement of science. Yeah, yeah, we're I'm celebrating everything. Good. Someone's got their identity. I've got some cake. And I've got dinner that smells like it is almost done. Well, then with that, please, uh, we'll we'll wrap it up a bit. If you have any suggestions for other things, let us know at PeculiarPairingsPod at gmail.com. You can send us messages on Twitter at PeculiarPairPod or go to Instagram and look at all the lovely things that we're making at PeculiarPairingsPod. You can also check us out on Patreon and send us stuff or whatever yes i am working on making some drink videos for everyone to follow along with on instagram oh okay i am gonna videotape the videotape well that aged me a bit (laughs) i'm gonna videotape the next one (laughs) i have a a short video for this one as well but i haven't posted it yet (laughs) videotape it was the 90s if you weren't changing the tracking on your VCR, you weren't alive. Yep. Got the squiggles in the right. Yeah. Until All right. Next well, you go have. A, yeah. Everybody, go have fun. Go have. You go have dinner. I'm gonna go uh, put some cake in the fridge. Until next time, listeners. See you next time. Thanks for listening. Bye. <laughs>